Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes and the show notes all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Sign up for my newsletter there and get media strategies I only share with readers. It is a noisy world out there, and if you're a business owner trying to attract the attention of new clients, then you'll want to hear what our next guest says. John Dwyer's methods are different than what you may have heard before. He calls it direct response marketing with a twist. I really enjoyed my chat with JD, who is from Australia, and he spills the beans on his wow attraction formula, which he says is responsible for $15 billion in extra sales for businesses in a wide range of industries. We talked about so many topics from a proven method that keeps customers focused on what you're offering and not how much they're paying to the one thing you need to have to find success in business to what's really wrong with your website. Chances are you'll end up with pages of notes like I did. John Dwyer, it is a pleasure having you on the show. Welcome to Standout. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. And I'd like to call you JD, if I may. Please, yes. And uh, as I mentioned to you just before we started uh, this call, um, I've been called lots and lots of names, but uh, JD's fine. Ever since I was a little kid, it must be that John Dwyer, the initials JD, rolls off the tongue. I've got a friend called Peter James and he gets PJ. Oh, how cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll go with JD. That's a, that's a nice way to start. And you've probably also been called a marketing expert, to be very honest. Your marketing strategies have done some amazing things for your clients. And I know that you have an, un con an unconventional take on marketing. So I'd love to start with that. Um, what exactly is your take on marketing? I believe that for most small and medium-sized businesses that they are leaving a lot of money on the table because they are just not taking their prospects' eyes off the price. What they tend to do is to take on Walmart. And if you're in the retail business and you want to take on Walmart, well, good luck mm. um, if you're going to take them on price because no matter what you sell, they'll be able to sell it cheaper. So what I do is that I just teach people how to put together direct response marketing that takes their prospects' eyes off the price. And I think the best example of that is that uh, McDonald's, for many decades now, have had a product called a Happy Meal. And in that Happy Meal, they put that free Disney toy. Right. And I'm the father of six, and they're way too old now for Happy Meals. But at one stage, we had six children under 12, and we spent $7 billion on Happy Meals. <laughs> and... I couldn't tell you what they cost because they were clever enough to take our eyes off the price onto the free Disney toy. Mm, you know, that is so true. Um, I have three boys under the age of, well, 15, but at one point they were all under the age of six and they all wanted that Happy Meal. And they never played with that toy after we left the restaurant, but they still needed to have it. You got it and they probably threw the hamburger out. Right. Oh, yeah. No, they didn't eat that either. <laughs> well, how would you say um, a service-based business, a local service-based business, take that concept to something that they can use that attracts new people to their companies? Yeah, good question. Let's say um, a typical service-based business that we can all relate to would be a guy that mows lawns. So he's a lawnmower. And uh, I've, these things roll off the tongue because obviously I've had a few of these sorts of clients. And so therefore, uh, this guy came to me a little while ago and I said to him, well, listen, why don't you clean windows? And he went, excuse me, I told you I was a lawn mowing company. 
I said, yes, that's right, but why don't you, uh, when you send out your letterbox brochures, why don't you actually say to uh, all of your prospects, listen, when I'm finished mowing the lawns, before I go, I'll clean your windows, and that's your Happy Meal toy. And I said, you won't have any competition. Then nobody will be asking you your price anymore because you will be the one that just blows them away because you're going to come with your little, you know, bucket for detergent, a squeegee, whatever they call those things that go up and down the windows, and you'll be gone probably in 15 minutes. But, of course, you're known as a lawn mowing guy that uh, provides a, a free window washing service. I guess, I guess I can't really ask, though, like, what if you don't want to clean the windows? That's not the question you ask, is it? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not really. And look, uh, the, the, I guess probably to give you another example of that, as a car mechanic, a car mechanic, uh, if you go and put your car in for service, he'll give you your grease and oil change and you'll go and pick up your car. But uh, I don't know too many car mechanics that add a Happy Meal toy to it, whereby they actually uh, vacuum your car, wash your car. And when you get in your car, there's a box of chocolates on the passenger seat. Can you imagine if they did that? You would never go to another car mechanic, no matter what the price was. He's the only car mechanic that washes, vacuums, and puts a box of chocolates on the passenger seat. It's so easy. You're right. No, you're right. And, and when you put it like that, it, it seems so simple. How did you get your start in all this? How did you get your beginning as an entrepreneur and then eventually a marketing guru? A uh, marketing guru, yes. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'll... I'll just get my wife to come in here for a second. Could you repeat that again if I, I just get her to come in? She doesn't believe I'm a guru. She doesn't. Oh. And um, it it's funny, you know, when uh, when you're doing these sorts of interviews and when she comes to some of my seminar events and uh, you'll get, you know, a nice comment from the audience about the expert status or guru, you can see her eyes at the back of the room just rolling backwards going, oh, no, his head will be so Hey, that's a good wife. That is what a good wife does, though. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, look, many thousands of years ago when I was young, I was an artist. I, I was a graphic artist and uh, I realised that there was not a lot of money to be made in uh, artwork. I, I, I'm not saying I could uh, – I was Nostradamus and I predicted the future, but you could see the computers were coming along and so therefore my skills with the artwork were going to not make me as much money if I stuck with that. So I did my marketing degree at college and uh, when I came out of that, I worked for a big retailer here in Australia called Woolworths. And Woolworths, uh, it's not quite the same Woolworth that you have in America. It's yeah. a big supermarket chain, very similar to, I guess, the Walmart where they have big discount department stores, but they also have supermarkets. And when I was there, I got the taste for this direct response stuff because we put together at Woolworths a lot of these um, what you would call repetitive trade stimulants where when a customer would come in, uh, for every X dollars that they spent, let's say it was $10, mm -hmm. they used to get a stamp and they'd collect the stamps and when they got 10 of those stamps onto a saver sheet, they could then go and get a reward. And that reward, generally speaking, was a set of crockery for a highly reduced price uh, or set of glasses or what have you. Yeah. And I could see that this was simulating repetitive trade and it had nothing at all to do with cornflakes or a bottle of milk or it had nothing to do with supermarket items. It was actually hooking customers into a repetitive spending pattern whether they liked it or not. And that gave me uh, a, a lot of thought. And I, I, I thought to myself, imagine if you set up a business where it actually specialised in providing that sort of advice to all businesses mm -hmm. of how they can hook their customers into a repetitive trade st stimulant with something that didn't really have a lot to do with the product in the first place. Right. So like uh, providing one thing, but then giving another that was kind of a bonus, like, hey, here's what I have. Oh. You're right. You're dead right. And you know, the funny thing is, is that uh, Cadbury, which is a big chocolate company worldwide, yeah. they will give you from time to time, if you buy, a, let's say, a crunchy bar, I'm not sure what you would call them in America, but let's just say, well, Mars bar, Mars aren't 
on Cadbury, but let's just say it was a Mars chocolate bar, they will actually add 10% to the end of it these days and say you get 10% more. Mm. Well, the way I look at it is that we're all um, overweight enough, thank you very much. There's no need to give us 10% more on the candy bar. <laughs> um, what they would be better to do is to say collect the wrapper from that candy bar right. and save up 20 of them, and when you do, you'll get a free cinema pass to go to the pictures. Okay? Oh, yeah. I would like so that. So the thing is... Well, well, uh, you know, that silly thing um, about the, the, the theatre, the cinema points, is that uh, my daughter, she's 25 and she's um, she's turned uh, organic in the last three years, so therefore if she sees a McDonald's wrapper anywhere near the house, well, of course, well she, she's married and she doesn't live at home anymore, but this was a few years ago when she turned organic, um, and that's fine. It's, you know, She's had a positive influence on my wife and myself too, so that's great. But when she got into it, it's a little bit like people when they stop smoking. I mean, they are so annoying for the next six months because they just hate anybody who smokes. You know? Well, in this instance... Our daughter, Nicole, when she went organic, was like full on for the first six months about, you know, making sure that we ate correctly and so forth. And one day I saw her eating a um, chocolate ice cream. It was chocolate-coated ice cream. They call, they call them magnums. And I said to her, sweetheart, is that an ice cream you've got in your hand? And she said, yeah. I said, um, excuse me, little Miss Organic, that, that's not you. And she said, oh, Dad, but this is different. I said, why? She said, well, if I actually collect 10 of these wrappers, I get a free cinema ticket to the gold pass area of the cinemas where you lie back on the chair yeah. and you have a glass of wine. Right, so, nice. <laughs> so here we are, a girl that would never touch ice cream for the rest of her life <laughs> right. has, now been con- has now been conned into getting 10 of them. Because <laughs> she wants those wrappers and it's that prize mentality. And I think we're all, yeah. uh, we all have that. All us people have that. I want to actually kind of go back a little bit and talk about direct response. Um, I work with small businesses and and they may not necessarily understand what direct response is. They know the result, um, but can you explain exactly what direct response is and why that would benefit a brick and mortar store, um, a, a small business owner in getting more people to come into their business? Yep question um i add a little bit of pixie dust i guess to the normal regular formula of um direct response so my business is the institute of wow and i guess as the name implies then i have to put some wow factor pixie dust on the top of everything and that's why i think the the sort of design that the i guess the, the system that we've developed um has a pretty good chance of working if you join the dots because not only does it follow the regular direct response mentality, but also when we put this pixie dust wow factor stuff on the top of it, it really gives it an extra adrenaline burst. And what it is is that um, most businesses out there, if they're talking to an advertising person, will be told that you should get them to fall in love with your brand and then they will taste your product. Now, those traditional advertising um, philosophies stand true for the big companies like your Nikes and your McDonald's and so forth because they have enough money to sponsor the Olympics and to sponsor Gridiron and one of you else. But for the rest of us who are not in that league, um, it's very difficult. And I always say to people, listen, um, when was the last time you bought anything off an advertisement on the side of a bus? Never. When did you ever buy anything off the back of a taxi? Never. When did you ever buy anything off with the electronic signage on the Super Bowl? You know, this electronic signage that runs along the fence as the Super Bowl players are having their game. If I asked anyone in the United States, could they remember one of those advertisements the next day? They'd say no. Mm-hmm. So all of this money has been wasted by those big companies because they have morons running their marketing. Um, and I can, I can, so I told you this would be confident, uh, <laughs> controversial, controversial. Um, 
And and look, the reason I'm saying that is because it's the truth. There is no research anywhere in the world that tells you um, that this brand building advertising um, provides a measurable response the next day or the next week. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, there's been very successful campaigns over time for all these big companies, um, but they've spent a lot of money doing it. Uh, if you and I have uh, got a little bricks and mortar business, we're an online business and we're doing hundreds of thousands of dollars with turnover or a few million dollars with a turnover, we don't have the luxury to build that brand over 10 years and then they'll come. So I teach people to flip that model. And okay. when they flip it, they actually I show them how to get people to taste your product and then fall in love with your brand. So if it happens to be a coffee shop, he would be handing out little shop glass samples of coffee outside his shop so that you get to taste it and then you come into the cafe to get the real deal. Gotcha. So it's all about getting people to taste your brand, taste your product and then fall in love with the brand. And the three components of this are, number one, identify your most profitable target audience and then look for more people who look like him or her, pretty simple. Uh, number two, create a wow factor, Happy Meal Toy, to take their eyes off the price. And then number three is uh, fix your website. And because your website should be your director of first impressions and uh, 90% of people who come to my seminars have a woeful, woeful, awful website. Oh, okay. I think we have to delve more into that. You said 90%. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> what's wrong with people's yep. websites? If they've done one and two correctly um, and then number three is, is not what you think is up to par, then they're, they're fallen. They're, they're missing. They're missing something. But what's wrong with people's websites? In general, uh, the, the majority of them uh, are information based and uh, they're not sales based. And so, therefore, the internet was set up, of course, to share information. And uh, these days, the smart ones, um, the smart business owners, understand that there are certain components to a website that you must have. Uh, number one, you need to have a problem solution headline. In other words, what's your problem? I'm going to give you the solution. Number two, you need to have a welcome video, very similar to what we're doing right now. It can be conversational. You can be interviewed. If you don't feel good in front of the video, get one of those doodle animation videos done. Um, but for goodness sake, understand that people have the attention span of a goldfish these days. So therefore, in order to capture them, you'll have to have a compelling video. And that compelling video would be uh, if you're in the business of um, – uh, wrinkle cream. It would be, hi, look, I know while you visited this website, you want to get rid of wrinkles. Well, guess what? I've got this special tube here. This is a glue stick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that won't work. Hey, <laughs> or will I'll, it? Tell you, I'll see if it works. Work. <laughs> um, so therefore, uh, this wrinkle cream will you know, reduce your wrinkles by 50% within 10 days. Now, that's what you've got to do. You can't get into your welcome video by going, oh, hello, my name's Beryl, and I've been in this business for 62 years. And nobody cares. Right? So therefore, uh, problem solution headline, a video that starts with a problem, you provide them the solution, and then you need to have a data capture facility and that of course is giving them a free report or a free video or free something so that all of the people who come to your website provide you with their contact details so that you can annoy them until they buy or die um well maybe not annoy them but you know what i mean you need to capture data and uh, of course the other thing you need on your homepage is um is video testimonials and um, because the, at the end of the day, everyone expects you to say nice things about your product or your service. But, of course, the biggest way, the best way, the fastest way to combat scepticism is to provide video testimonials. Right. And right yeah. there on the homepage? And you know what I've got? 
right there on the home page right because no one will ever go to your no one will ever go to your testimonial page. We've got heat mapping of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses who waste their time putting their testimonials on the testimonial page, but nobody goes there. <laughs> um, and if they do, they're written testimonials, which means they go there and they bounce very quickly because nobody wants to read a, a written testimonial. I've got right. thirty eight video testimonials across my website, right. but I pick the best three or four or five of them to put on the home page because I know that it's very highly unlikely that they will look at the testimonial page. So I want to pick the, the cream of the crop and put them on my homepage. And if you like, I've just got a few layouts here. I'll lean over to Exhibit A. Give me okay. one second. Absolutely, absolutely. What happens is that uh, hopefully you can see that in the camera. Um, okay. I put, together, I put together, let me just show you a, a website layout, uh, okay. the sort of thing that we, we're talking about here. So this might just help uh, okay. help your your. I'll just say your listeners, your viewers. Yep. Um, but we've also got listeners, be... JDs. So can you maybe describe some of that as well as you're showing it to us? We've got both folks joining joining us. Yeah. I will. I will. Let's just say that one there. Can you see that on the? I can. Some of those. It's the right. You, can you see that? Good. Mm -hmm. I okay. sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Now th this is a realty business, as it's a real estate game, and you'll see here that the headline. Let me read it. Uh, how would you like uh, your home sold in 30 days? We've done that for our owners, okay. and that's the headline. Now, the reason we've gone with that headline is I said to the real estate agent, what's the average time that you're selling your homes at the moment? Because keep in mind, a real estate agent can only make money if he or her have listings. Right. Because if they've got no stock, they can't sell anything. So therefore, they're always after listings. They take the attitude that with the online real estate sites these days, once you get the listing, at some stage, you're going to, the house will sell itself. So we've just got to get stock. So therefore, when they're going uh, out to put letterbox brochures into their farm area, that's what they call the homes around their area, then they want to bring them to their website. And if they bring them to most real estate websites at the moment, they're just awful because what they're not doing is standing out from the crowd. They're not using wow factor marketing to make sure they stand out from every other real estate agent. Now, this particular real estate agent, I said, look, have you ever sold a house within, you know, 12, 14, 30 days. Mm -hmm. They said, yeah, not very often, but every now and again we put one on listing and all of a sudden somebody walks in two weeks later and pays the full price. I said, good. Well, that's your headline. And they said, what do you mean? What? I said, well, do you think? I said, do you think that I've had some outstanding successful advertising campaigns? And I know we'll be touching on it in a yeah, moment, absolutely. but one of, one of them re recently is the Seinfeld campaign. I got mm -hmm. Jerry Seinfeld to represent a bank in Australia. I said, do you think I make you know, the best I can out of that. Do you think I'm going to milk that until I throw the game away? Of course I am. <laughs> so in your instance, if you've sold some homes within 10 or 20 or 30 days, then you should show off about it. Mm -hmm. So that's why the headline on this website or this homepage says, how would you like to your home sold in 30 days? We've just done that. Now, how many people when they're selling their homes would love it to be sold in 30 days, everyone? I'm raising my hand, yeah. yeah. You got it. So when we all decide to sell our home, we want it done quickly. We just want the whole thing to happen quickly. So therefore, if I come onto a real estate website where somebody's saying to me, look, we've sold lots of homes within 30 days, I think there's a good chance they're going to get my attention. Mm -hmm. And even though the average time for this particular real estate was 92 or 94 days, because some sold in 10, but some sold in you know six months, yeah. then really we don't need to mention that. We just want to highlight to them to get their attention. They will have to mention that when it comes to the league side of things. But guess what? If you don't get their attention in the first place, there's no chance you're going to get their listing. I get it. I really get yeah. it. You're talking about advertising campaigns and you're talking about the the biggest ones that you've been able to carry out. You mentioned Jerry Seinfeld, who has been in retirement for several years, but you pulled him out of retirement. And I want to know how you did it. And, and you did it for an Australian company. 
Yeah, look, I think it's a case of persistence beats intelligence. I just didn't give up every time I said no. Every time ah. I said no. Um, yeah, look, uh, and, and it was a bit like that. We uh, There's a building society in Australia, and I've got to tell you the wow factor of all wow factors um, in direct response marketing. About uh, a dozen years ago when I first got involved with this building society, which is a bank, um, they were up against the very big banks in Australia. They were, like most of your listeners or viewers, they were a challenger brand. And a challenger brand is someone who's not Coca-Cola. They take on Coca-Cola, right. but they're challenge- Richard Branson is a challenger brand a lot, right. of, a lot of the time right around the world, right? And uh, so they're cheeky, they're irreverent, uh, they do things outside the box, uh, whereas the leading brand is not game to do that. And that's what a challenger brand is all about, which most of us are. And so in this instance, I created a uh, marketing campaign for the Greater Building Society a dozen years ago and said to them, look, why don't you take away your honeymoon rate, which meant that if interest rates at the time were 5%, they'd give it to you for 4% for the first year. And I said, just swap that into a wow factor, a Happy Meal toy. And it was so funny when I threw the Happy Meal box on the boardroom table, you could see all these guys in suits just go, what? (laughs) And I said, if anybody here got children or grandchildren that you've spent money on Happy Meals for? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, I'll give $100 because that's bankers normally wake up and you show a $100 bill in front of them. I'll give $100 to anyone who can tell me what that Happy Meal costs. Not one of them in the room could tell me because they all agreed that uh, McDonald's had been clever enough to take our eyes off the price onto the free Disney toy. And I said, that's what you've got to do. You've got to stop advertising home loans on interest rates and give them a free vacation. And they went, what? Oh. And, you know, one guy in the room said to me, oh, JD, um, we did that a couple of years ago and it didn't work. And I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, we said that if you get a home loan from us, you could win a trip to Disneyland. I said, no, 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 this is not you could win. You go to Disneyland. This is buy, you get. You buy, you go to Disneyland. And they went, what? I said, look, it's cost neutral. If you take away your 1% honeymoon rate, which on a $500,000 loan means that they're saving five grand in that first year, put that to this holiday or vacation company, they'll give you a $10,000 holiday because I could get the holidays at wholesale rates. And so when I say holidays, it's what you guys call vacation. And um, and so that's it. It was get a home loan, get a free vacation. Um, They doubled their home loans in the first three months and they tripled them in the first 18 months. It went nuts. They had to double the size of their call room who were taking the phone calls and it was probably the most successful banking campaign, I think, worldwide. It was just nuts. Um, and about nine, uh, sorry, about seven, eight years into this, we decided to put some more wow factor on top of the wow factor and we convinced Jerry Seinfeld to be the uh, spokesman for the Greater Building Society. And, uh, and how? I looked, how? <laughs> what did you yeah, do? look at it was persistence. I mean, oh, okay. uh, he's harder. He's harder to get to than the Pope, and uh, and so it took six months to get through to him. Uh, when I say through to him, we were silly. Well, I was silly. I was dealing with the management, and when you go through the management, you've got to go through all of those. Um, uh, I guess, you know, sort of Wall Street entertainment-style agents. And I decided to, after six months of frustration, to ring up his manager, George Shapiro, who happens to be um, the guy that discovered him 40 years ago. And George has an office in Beverly Hills, and I knew that uh, he had an answering service at night time or in his office it was an answering machine. So I rang at 2 o'clock in the morning after sending him an email and left a message that he would get when he came into the office at nine and I put on my very best Crocodile Dundee accent and I think I said something like, g'day, mate, look, it's JD from down under here. I'm just wondering whether or not you might have a look at the email that I sent through overnight. We'd love Jerry to do an advertising campaign for a little bank down in Australia and all we want him to do is take the mickey out of all the big banks, blah, blah, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie accent, right? (laughs) You're not going to believe it. Uh, uh, He got into work at nine. He rang me at 10 o'clock and said, 
mate, you're an idiot. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I said, thank you very much. He said, who leaves messages at two in the morning? I said, I was trying to get your attention. Right. There you go. And you <laughs> and did. He, he did. And, and uh, the rest is what happened. He said, look, leave it with me. I love your um, sense of humor. I love the fact that you thought outside the square. And Jerry takes the mickey out of people and out of businesses for his living. So let's see if he might like to do that in an advertising campaign. And two days later, he rang back and said, Jerry thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. What a feather in your cap. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and by the way, just so you've got a uh, you've got a read on how successful that was, um, the campaign was Jerry standing outside a greater building society, uh, which we created one not far away from where he lives in New York because uh, he couldn't get to Australia. So we just took out an empty delicatessen shop and built a greater building society in there. Of course. And he did stand. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, he he just. Um, well, I don't think Jerry knew this, by the way, but in his contract it says that if he has to travel 50 miles away from home, you have to give him a Gulfstream Learjet. And, and um, because I didn't, I didn't have one at the time. Mine was in the service. And, right. Um, <laughs> I just, I decided we found a little town 49 miles away from where he lived with an empty shop. <laughs> <laughs> just so, underneath uh, it, right? <laughs> just, just underneath. And yeah. I, I, look, when I was having a coffee with Jerry, I said, "Do you know that that was in your contract?" He said, "I've got no idea." <laughs> Because he had, he had no idea what he got paid, for goodness sake. He just did it because it was good fun. And so uh, the TV commercial was, uh, in theory, him making a comeback after not being on television, standing outside, buskering outside the Greater Building Society. And, of course, everyone's just walking by doing their shopping, couldn't get less. So it was really, really funny commercial. And we produced about two dozen of them. Uh, and he was a fantastic guy to work with. You know what happened? They tripled their home loan market share in the first 12 months. Wow. Wow. What's yeah. your what is your encore for that? Like, what are you going to do next? You'll, you'll be you're thinking about oh, that uh, right now, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know what I, I said to my wife at the time. Look, how, how do you beat this one? I think I might just give this up. I think I'll drive taxis because you're not going to beat this one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I think really to answer that though, that what, what, I don't want to be too motivational because that's for other speakers to do. I'm a business marketing coach rather than the rah rah stuff. But um, I think it was a good example of persistence beating intelligence. Yeah. And and you know, it, it, and it doesn't that happens to be a business version, of course, and if you go to any of the motivational seminars, they'll tell you to do that in real life. Um, but that really was. I, I said to Jerry, why did you say yes? You've got more money than God. And um, he said, well, this was having a coffee with him in, in New York at his office. When I first met him, I said, why did you say yes? And he said, a um, couple of reasons. Number one, I love Australian humour. Uh, you guys just take the mickey all the time and I love doing that. And he said, Number two, no one from Australia has ever asked me before. And I went, okay. And he said, number three, I figured if I didn't say yes, you'd never go away. <laughs> <laughs> persistence works. You know, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. underline that for yeah. my kids. You know, persistence really does work. Well, speaking of persistence, I know that um, business owners, they um, are kind of beating their heads against the wall. Maybe they're doing the wrong things. They're not doing the marketing that you're talking about. And so they feel like even though they're persisting and uh, they're, they're doing as much as they can, they're not, um, they're not getting the goals that they want. They're not hitting yeah. their goals. And so you have a, an event coming up that will help them and guide them and uh, give them the wow attraction formula, which I definitely want to hear more about. Thank you very much, Cheryl, for giving me the opportunity to plug my event. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let me just show you Exhibit A, and of course, people listening to this can't see it, but this happens to be a book that I uh, that I just uh, published. A big book. Uh, wow. It's a big book. It's a big book. For those who are listening, uh, it's a uh, it's a tabloid-sized book, and inside it's called the Wow Manifesto, and inside this book is. Uh, 
the last, oh, let me see if I flick the pages over. It's around about the last, let me hold that up to the camera. It's around about the last, uh, I guess, 10 to 15 years of, uh, of my coaching environment. Wow. I've picked out all of the winning campaigns and I put them into this thing called the Way I Manifesto. Um, obviously, uh, it's available as a download as well. Uh, not everyone can carry that big tablet. For those who can't see it, it's leather bound. It's got gold tipped edges. Uh, it's uh, about an inch and a half thick, and it's a gigantic book. And the reason I show that as Exhibit A is because that's essentially what I'll be doing at this one-day event that I have coming up in Santa Monica on Wednesday, June the 1st. And uh, this particular event is all about showing business owners, um, doesn't matter whether you're B2B or B2C, um, just how you can create an avalanche of new customers online or offline if you use this formula. And I know you hear that from a lot of these you know, business coaches. And look, I've come from a corporate world and so therefore I've only been in this business coaching game for four or five years. I decided that I'd get all the information that I put together for bigger businesses, cut it up into bite-sized pieces and make it available for smaller business owners. Um, so I'm not from the seminar world and I'm a little sceptical, to be honest with you, of a lot of the quick rich seminar events that people go to this is not a quick rich scheme it's just basically showing you as a business owner on this one day event in Santa Monica just how you can follow this direct response formula and make a significant difference to the returns that you're getting because the stuff that I'll be teaching um, is measurable uh, when you put this advertising formula together you'll know tomorrow whether or not it worked it's not one of those things where the advertising agent says to you oh, but it's getting your name out there or it's building your brand. And you go, well, tell that to the starving children around my dinner table. <laughs> I can't eat building the brand. And so, therefore, this will be very um, – we get people up on the stage who uh, have signed a form to say they have no feelings because I'm just about to hurt them. Um, and we bring their website up and then I pick it to bits and I show them exactly what they should have done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Gordon Ramsay of the advertising. Oh, man. I, and I'm sure they're fearful, but they want that information. They need that. They need that information that they feel like they haven't gotten anywhere else. Can you give us some some things that people can take away now for those who maybe yep. can't make it to California for your event um, but really want to get their business moving to the next level? Sure, if you don't mind what I can do just before I do that, do you mind if I tell everyone where they can get free tickets? Absolutely, free tickets, absolutely. Yep, yep. Uh, I've set up a URL for your database, so therefore if they just go to uh, wowmybusiness.com, wowmybusiness, obviously wow is W-O-W, so it's wowmybusiness.com, uh, there's free tickets. Uh, they're normally $47 a ticket, but for your listeners or viewers, um, and it's at uh, Santa Monica at the Double Tree Inn on Wednesday, June 1. So it's only just around the corner, and um, love to see you there. Um, just so that people can get a takeaway, though, um, what I would suggest um, is really, really quickly, um, the formula that we have is called the Wheel of Wow. If you can present, um, if you can look Sorry, if you can visualise a circle with five pizza pieces. Okay. And the first uh, part of that is to identify your most profitable customer and then look for more people who look like them. So, therefore, it wasn't a surprise that we chose Jerry Seinfeld for the Building Society's ads because most of the home loans that are in the half a million to million dollar region, which is what a bank wants to give away, they don't want to give away $100,000 home loans, they're with 40-plus people because it's their second or third home. Mm. So it made sense to make sure that we had a message to market match with whoever was going to endorse that product needed to be very popular with the over 40s. 
So that's why it's so important to look at your most profitable audience, not just your audience, but your most profitable audience and look for more people to buy them. The second one is to create a wow factor, take their eyes off the price. We've been through that. The third one is to have a problem stroke solution, a problem solution scenario to your advertising. And if you look at the weight loss companies, all of them have that. That you know, uh, whether it be Jenny Craig uh, Weight Loss Centre or any one of the weight loss companies, they'll show you a lady who's not very happy with her life because she's overweight, and after she's been on the program four, five, six, ten weeks later, she looks like a, a, a basically a world-renowned model because she's been on that program. So it's the before and after, or what we call problem solution. And then the fourth component is to fix your website, which uh, I mentioned to you before. Uh, you need video testimonials. You need a big headline that's benefit-driven. You need to have a welcome video, all that sort of stuff. And the one that we haven't touched on, which is the fifth part of that wheel of wow that I'll be teaching in Santa Monica, is repetitive trade. And the only way that you and I both uh, make money is that if we have a client that comes back and back and back, because it's a real painful exercise to go to all the trouble to get someone to come to your website or to come to your bricks and mortar business or to use your lawn mowing service, but then they go off with somebody else. So what we do is we teach people to do what a lot of little cafes do, but not many other people do it, and that is is that they give out that little cafe membership card that when you get a coffee, they stamp it, and when you get nine coffees, you get the tenth one for free. So all I'm saying to businesses is use that same mantra and create some sort of reward or loyalty scheme whereby you're stimulating people to repetitively spend with you. JD, you've given some really great value, really. If people want to watch this or listen to this again, it's probably a good idea to take notes the second time because there's some really great things. And it's all, it's all really focused on the customer. I mean, it's building that it relationship after you get their attention, but... First, as you said earlier, you have to get their attention. Well, it is. And, and look, I know we're wrapping up, but I've got to give you a case study that, um, it, by the way, do you mind, it's, I don't want to turn this into a plug first, but it, as a freebie to all of your listeners, if they wanted to go to my website, there's lots of these case studies on there that they can just swipe. Okay, <laughs> you don't have to give me any money for it. Nobody has to pay for it. Just jump onto the website and swipe them. It's called the theinstituteofwow.com. Okay. And there is one particular um, case study on there of a turf farm. In other words, someone who sells grass to people for their front yard or backyard. And this turf farm guy said to me, listen, I've got six miles worth of turf at the moment. I can't get rid of it. And I said to him, well, look, why don't you offer them some sort of Happy Meal toy, the usual wow factor? He said, well, what would that be? And based on the most profitable customer um, argument, I said to him, well, who is your most profitable customer? He said, well, not mum and dads who just buy a front yards worth of grass. He said, obviously, it's the landscapers who are in the building game because they might buy two or three homes at a time. Yeah. He said, but the trouble is they're very price sensitive. And if I'm $5 a square metre, then they'll say they can get it down the road for four fifty a square metre and then I've got to drop so, so, so on and so forth. Okay. Right. And uh, I said to him, well, take their eyes off the price and give them beer. And he said, what do you mean? And now there's a premium beer in Australia called Crown Lager, and that's the one that you'd expect white-collar workers, professionals would drink, and, of course, landscapers would normally drink the regular beer. So we offered them the upmarket beer called Crown Lager, and we set out um, just 250. We got a, a database. We rented a database of 500 landscapers, and we sent out just 250 of these letters with a brochure, which had a beautiful picture of this premium beer, and we said to them, for every 500 square metres of turf that you buy from our turf farm rather than anywhere else, which is basically a home's worth, we'll give you a carton of this Crown Lager beer, which is 24 bottles. And uh, he rang me up seven days into the promotion and said to me, we've only sent 250 of the brochures and the letters out. We've got another 250 to send, but we're in trouble. And I said, why? He said, you know that six miles worth of turf that I had? I said, yep. He said, we've got none left. Oh, what a good problem to have. (laughs) 
He said he was sourcing turf from other turf farms to keep up with the demand for the beer. And he said to me that one particular landscaper said to him, look, um, I want 22 homes worth of turf. Don't worry about when the turf gets here. I need the beer by Friday. I have a party. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how people really think, though. I mean, they, they are really wanting, whether it's the beer or the Happy Meal, They've <laughs> lost sight of everything else. Makes you wonder about your own buying decisions, right? <laughs> it does. It does. But you know when you're buying a car and the car salesman at the very end said, look, I'll throw in free yeah. uh, mag wheels or, or air conditioning. Or, or, yeah, um, floor mats whatever or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, 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 you've just sort of on the edge of making a, a twenty or thirty or $40,000 decision, but it's the actual floor mats that gets you across the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've get a, again, you've given us some great value. And we're going to link all that information, all the freebies that you mentioned, to the show notes for this episode at CherylTanMedia.com. Before we go, before I say thank you to you, JD, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, you've talked about being a standout as an entrepreneur for the entrepreneur, but I wanted to ask you, what makes you a standout? Because that's what the name of the show is. And we like to talk about um, being our best, but what makes you a standout? Um, look, and, and I'll, I'll be serious for a second. I'm a bit of a larrikin, but I'll be serious for a second. I, I, um, because I'm now in my later 50s, I guess I've been around for a while and uh, you've made a lot of mistakes with uh, not just business but also, you know, relationships with people in business. And one of the mistakes I made in my early part of the career, um, probably up until the last 10 years, was that I was um, putting up with passengers. Um, because underneath all my sarcasm, my nastiness, um, I, I think I'm a regular, you know, nice enough guy, and I just felt always very reticent to say goodbye to people who just weren't pulling their weight. And about 10 years ago, I had to wake up to myself because it was costing me money. And uh, at that time, our children, who are now you know, late teens into their 20s, were much younger, so we, we had school fees to pay and what have you. And I decided to surround myself with can-dos instead of can't-dos. Mm. And so therefore, instead of having people in my team who said, oh, look, I just can't do that because this, 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 or I can't get there because of this, this, that, um, I decided to shake their hands and wish them all the very best, but go elsewhere. And the people that I surround myself with now, mostly, I mean, there's the odd one that slips through, but mostly um, they're can-do people and they're people who just basically say, no, yep, give it to me and and I'll do it. And the second thing is I think that probably makes me stand out um, is um, I put un in front of everything. So if someone says to me, look, I'm an accountant, I said, well, you need to be the un-accountant. And if they say, well, I'm a hairdresser, I'll say you need to be the Unhairdresser, and the reason I, I say that is just nice and easy to put those two letters in front of everything. Um, Richard Branson has exactly the same aeroplanes as American Airlines and everybody else, but he's the un when it comes to the airline yeah. industry because you know, he he gets away with still painting bikini girls on the nose of his planes. Now, who gets away with that in this? You know? So, therefore, because because he's he's the un, he's unconventional, he's unusual, he's unlike anyone else. He gets away with doing things like that. And when you are the un, just watch what happens. You will get away with all sorts of things because people are attracted to people who are not like everyone else. You've given, again, some just some really important things to think about. John Dwyer, thanks so much for your time and, and for joining us for Standout. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Cheryl. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. JD is offering a free ticket to his live event in Santa Monica, California on June 1st, 2016 to Standout listeners. He also has free case studies to help you as you create your own wow factor. You can access all of this from this episode's show notes, which you can find at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 22. It has been an honor to connect with so many forward-thinking entrepreneurs. The best way to get their stories in front of more people is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to be reminded when new standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.